What if all you needed to get better in every way was available at the touch of a hand or the sound of a voice or even a vibration? Let's talk about how that happens, who can do it, and where to find them. I'm John Webster, and this is The Hesitant Healer. Greetings and welcome to another episode of The Hesitant Healer. I'm John Webster. I'm here today with not only Lisa Kay. Say hi, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. But with a a surprised guest person who we're not going to say anything about just yet. Well, you can say hi. Hello. There she is, folks. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Uh, So... Oh, we we are currently up in Idlewild, California, on a what we have called a healers retreat. I recorded something yesterday, and honestly, I don't know if it if it took or not. And I'm I'm kind of sick about it because we had some other people here from the retreat that we talked to, and uh, it was a great episode on um, tribe, and I just botched all kinds of computer shit. And I, I don't know if my editor is going to be able to separate the stuff out. And I'm going to be so pissed if it didn't work. I may even put a partial episode out and re- reboot some of it. Anyway, enough about me and my pity party. Um, <laughs> one of the things we wanted to do, Lisa Kay and I talked about at the beginning of the year, putting together a healer's retreat. We have a group that came from Sister Joni's group. I talked about that previously, that uh, now come to our offices Every other week, there's about five to ten of us, and we're various forms of body healers or spiritual healers or life coaches. And um, we have a talk therapist, too. We have a talk therapist, too. That's right. And our goal is to make Redlands kind of a little healing capital of Southern California. So we're putting the energy out there, we're putting the intent out there, and we're, we're really getting together to kind of talk about our gifts, talk about what we do, talk to each other and encourage each other and lift each other up. Many of us are in a place right now in, in our lives, in our career, or I'll say their lives, in their career, where they're learning to hone their skills and their gift and turn it into more of a business-slash-lifestyle. And a great many of them have the same type of, I'll say, problem that I had when I worked for the county, which is they have another full-time job, and it is not what their heart desires. It's a good job. It's got great benefits. It makes them a lot of money, but it's not what they what they want to do. It's not what what's in their soul and as they've learned to develop this skill this trait this healing phenomena that they that they find has become part of them uh it gets harder to do the daytime job right and so uh we talk about that and then lisa k with her skills in business and and her gift is admin uh we kind of talk these people up into learning to build a business of a healer or learning to build the business of a body worker or learning to build the business of a life coach and uh, some of the nuances that go with that in addition to honing the skill of listening to the body or the spirit or the mind and we're, we're kind of working on that. So we all kind of feed off of each other and we're our own little group. As a result of that, uh, Lisa K and I put this uh, healers retreat together this weekend. 
Uh, it has stopped snowing in Southern California. The rains have stopped. The sun has come out, and we're in a beautiful mountain home in Idlewild, California. That's a huge property and a huge place. Uh, so right now I am sitting in front of the fireplace with the fire roaring. The sun is now starting to almost set behind the mountain. There are some great colors in the sky, and you can see the uh, hills around us dotted with some snow. There's a couple of us outside all wrapped up in blankies, and uh, they're talking, and somebody else is journaling, and then three of us are here. Yes, Lisa? I have a little plug for uh, this beautiful place. So if you're looking to come to beautiful Idlewild, go on Airbnb and look up the Mystery Lodge. Ida is the owner, and she is fabulous. Uh, we, our corporation, has done a lot of uh, Airbnb kind of stuff, and honestly, this is the best experience I think we've ever, ever had. So if you're looking to come to Idlewild, look up the Mystery Lodge. Uh, agreed. This is like our third or fourth retreat. In fact, we were up here a couple of years ago looking for a place to have a retreat, and uh, this is better than the place we found then. It's uh, it's so spacious. We did a yoga class with, what, six people in here? We did, and it was awesome. We've done some body work on each other. One of our friends brought up singing bowls, and we had some pretty serious, energetic, and vibrational singing bowl sessions up here this morning. Uh, we've had a marvelous time, and we're all better people for it. So let me, without ado, introduce our guest. Now, a lot of people would call what she does being a medium. We have changed that to spiritual conduit, which fits more of what she does. I would love to tell her story, but I'm going to botch it. So I'm going to introduce you to Michelle Pena. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, you know what? I can't listen to this on playback yet, but I'm willing to bet she's got a pretty cool radio voice. You're <laughs> you're welcome for coming. I, I'm very excited to have you here. So let's hear in your own words a little bit. I'll, I'll tell a little bit of the story, I guess. When, when I first met you, you were coming to Sister Joni's group, and you had met Sister Joni where? I met Sister Joni through a referral from a... Let, let us not judge. Um, my therapist actually recommended that I connect with Sister Joni to help unpack um, some of the Catholic trauma, I think would might be, might you, be would, the right way would, to say uh, it. Yeah. Would you call yourself a recovering Catholic? I am a recovering Catholic. Hi, my name is Michelle. All I'm right. A recovering All right. Catholic. Well, welcome, Michelle. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Genuflect, genuflect. Okay. And so so your therapist, interestingly enough, sent you to a Catholic nun to talk about some of the issues that you were having in um, unraveling uh, the, the sins of Catholicism. Uh, not evil. It just wasn't working anymore, right? Uh, there, there was certainly some misalignment going on, yes. Uh, and I, and I'll, I'll try and paraphrase for you, but I'll use my own experience here. Really what we're talking about is like how our moms grew us up and how Catholic guilt and family guilt kind of messed up a lot of how our thought processes worked in a, in a 20th century world and how a lot of the things that we grew up with in the Catholic Church and Catholic schools uh, from dating to uh, just everyday life uh, to drinking um, just didn't quite fit or work in the way that we were living. 
Am I close? You're close. You're more than close. Actually, you nailed it. Um, but the, the referral was two part. One, it was that. And two, uh, in the work that I was, I was in some heavy therapy. I had just gotten a divorce and um, I thought that I was maybe bipolar or schizophrenic. I found myself uh, here. I, I was hearing voices. Well, I thought that they were voices. Uh, come to find out it was, it was just the gift. Ah. Oh, interesting. So here starts the, the mystery. I want to go back and, and just clarify. You got divorced and you were Catholic? I know. Oh, my, my God. God. Straight to hell. But you got better, right? You got better. <laughs> uh, okay, so you're hearing voices. You go see Sister Joni. What happened? I, well, I told her that, well, I think it's funny that I held on to Sister Joni's card for six months before I actually decided I to I so see did her. the same thing. I hung on to it for months before I talked to her. Uh, you know what? Let's go back a little bit. Tell me about the voices. What 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 kind of things were you hearing? So my entire life as a child, preteen, a teenager, um, I would hear these voices and um, it would say, tell them this or they need to hear this and whatever the message was. And... Uh, most of the time, those people were not ready to hear the message. Were they clear? You could hear it clear as bell, clear as I'm talking to you right now? Yes. And it was just an internal voice? It was just an internal voice. And did, yes. I would imagine the church messed with that quite a bit, or some of the messages you were hearing at church messed with that quite a bit. Well, to go back to what you were talking about, the way that I was raised, um, you know, being Catholic, psychics are... The devil, they are demonic. Oh God, I went uh, through that with my mother. Yeah, <laughs> uh, psychics, tarot cards, anything in the spiritual realm that is outside of Catholicism or Christianity is 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 bad. I have a very distinct memory in the early early seventies. We lived in Connecticut. I was rather small. Uh, we had just moved to California, so this would have been like nineteen sixty seven to nineteen seventy ish. Gene Dixon, you'd have to be old enough to remember Jean Dixon, but she was a clairvoyant. I have such a clear memory of Jean Dixon. She was on TV, right? There... She was on TV, and um, she had cool, flowy dresses. This is pre-Stevie Nicks, I was okay? going to I was totally visualizing Stevie Nicks, right? by the way. So she, she did. She had these long, flowy dresses with a... With a uh, the from the arms down and she and she was very wide gesturing and little tiny thing little red haired little tiny thing but she was a uh, a healer um you could say mystic but she would have renounced that but she she definitely was someone who was on TV and uh Probably, yeah, she asked for donations a lot um, but she was a healer yes so i remember one night my mother burning books in the fireplace and the Ouija board and a lot of other stuff and uh it was one of those memories that I have that had no explanation I knew it was just there and it was a thing that stayed with me for a while years later um I understand that there was some kind of revolution and that she had gotten into a church and the charismatic movement and this is what precipitated that so so now you're hearing voices you're a kid you think you're crazy and you think it's bad with with the Catholic Church, and then you grow up with it, hiding it, yeah, as a secret? Correct, yes. And so you see Sister Joni, and she, she says what? So the first thing she told me is, I don't think that you're bipolar, but I'm not a clinician. Uh, she said, I think that you're psychic. I think that this is a gift. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a diagnosis. To which you reply, 
No way. <laughs> I'm crazy. I need medication. So just let me ask. So you went from thinking that there's something wrong with me to someone validating that and said, there's nothing wrong. You have a gift. So that's pretty, that's a dichotomy, you know, something horribly wrong with me to no, you've been given a gift. Right. And I guess it's important to note that, uh, the, the messaging that it is wrong was ingrained in me for 30 plus years. A absolutely. Yeah. So it, it took a little bit of talking and conniving and explanation. And there were also other people in the room with, that were kind of going through the same thing. Correct. But I know in that time frame, because it, I was at the beginning of the meetings, um, she would talk a lot about her own gifts and and channeling through that and understanding uh, what she called the dimensions of where these are coming from. And that there there's a lot of there's a lot of speculation, but the people who do this all kind of do it consistently. Yeah? Right. Yes. And so uh, I know in that year that we kind of got together, you kind of went from, okay, maybe I'm not crazy to, okay, if if this is a gift, what am I supposed to do with it? How do I, I – in my head, I remember looking at you and thinking, well, this is Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost, right? <laughs> or, yeah, I need to shut up, yes. right? And I'm, I said it to you, and you're like, yes, that's exactly what it's like. And it was also a lot like Charlie Brown's – Adults, want, 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 right? But there were multiple voices doing this, correct? Correct. And so you didn't channel or funnel or have any clear recognition of what you were hearing and how you were hearing it until you got to these meetings and we started talking about it and hearing from other people that were doing it on a regular basis and they kind of helped you down the path of learning a little bit different way to hear. Yeah, Correct. I, you know, I think, well, two things. One... Uh, having a, a safe space. I know we overuse that term, but a safe space to talk it about it. Absolutely was a safe and then, space. And then you were instrumental in the visual or the analogy that you gave me of it being a tuner and really tuning in uh, to what is being said so it doesn't sound like that wah, 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 wah. But interestingly enough, the tuner is being more tuned in with yourself. Correct. Yeah, and and understanding what you have, it's uh, I I likened it a lot to when I was doing cranial sacral therapy, and I would hear the body speaking and thinking, uh, the, that's the whole left shoulder, right hip thing. You know, I'd be working on the left shoulder, and I'd hear the right hip say, "You you need to come down here," and I'd be like, "No, I'm working on the left shoulder because she has a left shoulder problem," and I'd hear, "You need to come down here to the right hip." And finally, I'd go, fine, I'll go to the right hip. And I'd work on the right hip, and the freaking left shoulder would come undone. And, and I understood that as a, as a tuning mechanism of understanding listening, right? Because there's lots of vibrational energies out there, and uh, some of them came with voices. Now, I will say personally, because there's a couple of us up here, uh, I don't get crystals. I don't know crystals, but there's somebody up here who does. I believe she believes and I know it works for her, it doesn't work for me, right? I don't see auras, I've said that before, but people who do, they sure know their shit and they know what they're doing in that world because that's what they see, right? And in your case, you hear, 
it sounds so bad and it's got such a stigma to it, but you hear voices. Yes. And 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 I don't hear voices and that doesn't make sense to me. And you are clearly not schizophrenic because I've known you a while now. Right. Right. And I've seen and talked to and know schizophrenic people. There's a difference, right? There's a huge difference. This was something that was coming out directionalized with questions or statements to people that were alive. And it turns out these people were connected with the voices that you were hearing. Exactly. I think that it's important, especially for anybody who's listening to this and and it resonating, maybe they hear voices or and we can kind of laugh at that, right? But mm-hmm. um, not only one, uh, what am I going to do with this gift, but also um, learning to see it as a gift because it really, it it ruined a lot of my life, if we're being honest. Right. Yeah, and I'd say the first couple times I saw you do it, you were exhausted after one. Right. So it does take some time. Around this time, I stumbled on coincidentally, right? I mean, I'd kind of seen it, but I'd never watched it. There's a cat on uh, on Netflix called Tyler Henry. Tyler Henry is like a Hollywood clairvoyant. Um, he has a series of this TV show, and I started watching this. Uh, this kid's legit, right? And he's got a shtick where he's got a piece of paper and he's got a pen. And when he starts to get these messages, he's kind of scribbling, 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 scribbling in different directions, in different directions, in different directions, which was weird to me because I all of a sudden remembered when I first started this work, I have, I got pictures in my art room of that type of scribbling, except I was doing drawings and pictures out of them. But I had also just started therapy. I had also just started understanding energies, and I had also just kind of started playing with Reiki. So I found it interesting and weird that what he was using as a dialoguing tool for these energies and these vibrations that he was picking up was something that kind of made sense to me because I'd kind of done that, except I heard a different thing, right? I've always also likened it to um, different layers of vibrational energy, like different layers of cellophane. And I happen to play around on, you know, bank 15, where this might be bank number seven. And so I don't hear it. I don't see it. Michelle's tied into that one, and that's what she hears, and that's what she sees, right? So... Uh, I start watching this Tyler Henry. He's writing and drawing and whatever, and he'd get to these people, and he'd ask e- either open generic questions or, um, hey, I see you know, somebody that starts with a B, and they'd nod their head, and he goes, Bob, is it Bob? And they'd go, you'd see him just tear up. Oh, my God, right? And and do the, their open-ended questions, but they're dead-on open-ended questions that there's no way he could have figured out. What I also saw was um, he didn't drive. He He lives with his mother. And she's like his, she's not his manager, but she goes with him a lot of times. Oftentimes, he would get hits on these people as he's driving up before he ever meets them. Again, I've had that experience with doing work. I have a doppelganger, a massage doppelganger in Santa Cruz. Her name is Deborah Matson. If you ever go to Santa Cruz and you need a massage, go to the Loft Salon in Santa Cruz and ask for Deborah. She will change your life. Shout out to Deborah. Hey, Deborah. Can okay. I, wait, whoa. Okay. Whoa. 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 So if you are in Santa Cruz and you are needing a massage and you're hoping for a spa experience, do not go to Deb. 
If you are hoping to get better, if you are hoping to heal, if you are hoping to have the most amazing experience of your life, go to death. Okay, and the same holds true for me. I'm not a happy feel-good. I'm a fixer-healer. I, I, I am sorry, Deborah, that I didn't quantify that. Anyway, Deb's my massage doppelganger, and there has been some times, have been some times, where she's had a client that uh, needed extra work, and, and uh, they're pretty well off, so they pay for me to fly up there, and we work on them multi-handed. Uh, and, and, uh, Mike drop Deb was also one of the original people that we did the multi-handed work with. Can you explain, John, what multi-handed work it is? Please? Uh, all right. If you are getting cranial sacral therapy or some kind of body work with your hands or energy work, and there are more than one person on you, you're getting multi-handed work. So that's either two practitioners or three practitioners. Uh, I originally, I think I've talked about this, I originally got this uh, from a place in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, from a group out of the Upledger group called uh, Integrative Intentions, and they do uh, week-long craniosacral healing retreats where you get four or five craniosacral multi-practitioner practitioners working on one body five hours a day for five days straight. There are miracles that come out of this shop. If you're interested, look up Integrative Intentions in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. So me and Deb uh, would work on these people, and oftentimes things would happen prior to me getting up there. The wife would call and say she didn't want to come, or the guy would call and say, "Hey, I I want to do this, that, and the other," and he didn't even know that's what I worked on. You know, I mean, there's there's always been those precursing uh, kind of hits. So this wasn't outside the realm of uh, possibility for me. It didn't seem woo woo because I'd kind of experienced it, right? So Tyler would get hits. He gets hits from these people prior to, and then on top of that, uh, they show a couple episodes where after he's had a, a day of two or three of these, he's wiped out and he sleeps for the next day, right? The whole day. So it is a pretty, uh, energy depleting type of enterprise. Now I've learned not to take energy from people. And if you're a massage therapist out there, if you're a body worker out there, if you're an energy healer out there, and you take stuff from your clients or you absorb stuff from your clients or you allow them to give this to you and you're not grounded and you don't dump it and you find that you're exhausted after a day of three, four, five, six, seven, then you might be taking on somebody else's stuff and you ought not to do that. And I think I talked about that a couple times ago, right? You need to learn how to dump that kind of energy because a lot of these people will come in and give it to you and expect you to take it and walk away feeling great, thinking you gave them the best massage ever, and you're walking away with their stuff, which ultimately could make you pretty sick, right? So I have a feeling that he tends to do this. So one of the things we were talking to Michelle about when we were first starting was learning how not to do that. Right, Because if you're going to be in this realm where you're working with this kind of energy, you don't want to pick up other people's stuff. How did you learn how to do that? 
I think you were pretty instrumental. I know you were pretty instrumental. So tell me about how you practiced in the first couple of times you did something. Um, so the first couple of times it started out with some like good visuals, um, literally putting on, I remember you giving me the analogy of putting on armor. Yep. Like, literally. Yep. Um, which sounds really silly. Um, but it works. Until you do it. Until you do it. Um, and interestingly enough, it, I, I didn't start the armor uh, analogy or visual uh, with with folks that I was trying to, to help. Um, I was using it at work because of the work that I do and some of the people that I work with. There's a lot of strong personalities in my line of work. Um, and so... And to- I, I think I mentioned a, a couple times ago when I was talking about this, my therapist told me, Go to your AA meetings and practice on AA people or practice on really sick women that you find attractive and block them and see how that works. I told that story a couple of times ago. So when we're learning to do this work, folks, we're, we're not doing it on clients. We're doing it on our friends and family and, and people we meet on the street because this is how we practice. This is how we learn. Yeah? Right. Well, to your point, I, I work with surgeons for a living, so that's a pretty tough group of individuals. Mm. Um, so I started my armor with with them, but a a pretty good group to work on with right. that too. I, I got they, to cut my teeth on. They're some... always right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So uh, then, about a year in, somebody says, "Hey, tell John that story," and she says, "A friend of hers got tickets to Tyler Henry out here at a local casino, and she wanted to go see him." And she wanted front row seats and you couldn't get them. So you ended up way in the balcony, right? Way in the back. Right. Like, I think it was like maybe five or six rows from the back wall of the balcony to be specific. (laughs) So you're with your friend. You're surrounded by people. He comes out and starts a show. And what happened? (laughs) So the first thing that was interesting about it was all of the people that he was picking up, that he was getting reads for, were within, I would say, like five, ten like a five ten foot so radius. So everybody he's picking readings from are surrounding you. Correct. And then yes. what happened? Um, so uh, there was a it was a a, a a female a younger female, and he was picking up some sort of message for her, but he stopped and he said, "There's something there. There's something that's that's." making it very difficult for me to pick up on over here. Did you get it right away? Did you understand? I knew, I knew it was me immediately. <laughs> immediately I knew that it was your, me. Your friend was elbowing you? And she looked at me like what? She looked at me like WTF, right. if I'm being honest. Right. Um, but as this was happening, I was catching... I couldn't hear the messages. I couldn't hear the words. But... Energetically, I could feel what these people or these ener- these entities, these spirits were trying to communicate to him. But it was coming to me because energetically, you know, I... So first of all, he's in a room of 1,000, 2,000 people? Oh, I think that place holds like 10,000 people. All right. So a lot of freaking lot of people. people. <laughs> She's in the back of the room and he only starts getting readings from people that are within 10 people of her. And then she recognizes that all the things that he's hearing are going through her first. And he recognizes somebody's taking his Kool-Aid. And he says what? He said, um, whoever, is, whoever is, 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 is picking up on this right now, can you, 
can you please stop? Because I can't, I can't hear, I can't hear the message for this person. And did you say anything? No. Then what happened? <laughs> then um, he brings out this spotlight and he starts panning the area. And they have a spotlight as they're connecting with, as he's connecting oh, with people. Oh my God. And you got nowhere to run. And I have nowhere to go. So he said, you, and obviously, you know, from 20 feet away and, you know, up. 10, 15 feet up, I'm not going to come out and say it's me, but he said, you, you're the one who's picking this he up. He pointed you out in a fucking crowd. Yeah. And says, you're the one that's doing this. Yeah. Okay, then what happened? <laughs> I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't trying. <laughs> I'm sorry. So what happened? So at that point, I said, I, I'm sorry. And I had to be conscious and energetically and consciously put the armor on so that I didn't pick it up so that he could continue to to heal these people who who are coming to see him. I they mean paid, I, they paid good they money, paid to, good see money him to see him to hear these in the things. hopes that the he hopes. would that he would have a message for them. But you weren't doing this maliciously. You weren't trying to, you know, top him. It was just No, it's completely unconscious. And that's the thing with You went this. to go see him just to see him. Yeah, I mean, I think he's rad. I love him. I've, I've watched his e-show. Uh, I, I watched the, the series on Netflix. I mean, I think, I think he's a, a, a talented did, human being. Did people start moving away from you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, did he finish his show? Um, did he, he cut, cut it short? He cut it short. He cut it short. And then you came back and told this story, and I was in tears. Yeah. And I was like, ah, <laughs> do you know what you just did? You just shut down the greatest medium on TV today, and you weren't even trying. Are you going to fucking tell me you don't have a gift? And you're like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> right? It was, it was then that I really, 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 I mean, I believed it already, but holy crap, right? Holy crap. How much more of a sign do you need that you got something that is legit then to have that guy point you out in a crowd of 10,000 to say, stop, stop blocking my stuff, right? <laughs> Crazy story. So it was from that point on that we, uh, we really started developing a little bit more, right? And I would, say, yes. I would say in the last year, we've worked together a little bit and you've worked a lot together of a little it. bit. And, uh, and here's what happens uh, and this is kind of the theme of the weekend for us and, and all the individuals that are here. As you start to develop this gift, you can't go backwards. And what happens is that the instead of the gift getting in the way of your real job and your real life, real life and your real job start getting in the way of your gift, right? I tell the story about being in jail and trying to be a good massage therapist, and after a while, I couldn't do both. I, you just can't, right? Walking in jail is like walking through sludge underwater with all the energy and the mud that's been there and the evil and the stuff that's been there as long as that jail's been open. And I'm trying to be a healer and be open to the universe and listen to what the universe has to say. And it's just not working because I'm surrounded by inmates and idiots and people who work for the county who want to stay there to get a pension. And it it's not conducive to open universal healing the way that I wanted to do it, at some point I had to quit my job. And here's where we kind of are with you today, correct? Um, 
but you've you've been learning. Um, this is a bad way to say this, but you've kind of used this on a boyfriend or two, and it's changed. It's weeded. It's weeded, weeded is a good it's, word. It's weeded the the the, the bad ones out. She's using her gift to weed out the riffraff, right? Um, and here's another thing I notice with my work, and I think you have too. The closer you are to somebody, mom, brother, sister, wife, the harder it is to do the work. Oh, God, yeah. It's really hard to be a healer with the ones you love. Um, with uh, yourself, too. For a lot of reasons, because they know how to push your buttons. The vibrational energy is the same. Um, they knew t- they know too much. You know too much. And uh, it's better to farm those out to other people. So you also want like-minded individuals that you can work with and and apply your trade with so that you can help your people but not through you. Right. Yeah. Um, can we talk about that for a minute? Let's, please. You know, I think for me, there's been a lot of, um, I guess, shame in this gift ah. or not wanting to talk about it or... Um, I mean, even now, I haven't made an Instagram for it. Right. Um, I haven't, I haven't fully committed to to wearing this title, mm-hmm. right? And and a lot of it is because um, the fear of what people who are close to you will think of it. Um, there's again, everybody knows Lisa was a Bible major. Oh my God! So there's a part in the Bible where Jesus goes back to his hometown, and nothing happens. He's been performing miracles everywhere. And he goes back to his hometown, nothing happens. And and there's always been big debate. If there are people who know you really, really, really well, right? This is who Michelle is. I know who Michelle is. I'm her mom. I'm her sister. I'm her whatever, right? I know who she is, and I have a preconceived notion of her, and and your gift is not included in that preconceived notion. (laughs) Jesus, Jesus, don't use that Jedi mind trick on me. Just throw the fucking ball in. I'm not quite sure that's how it went. Oh, right. I mean, you know what? I'm going to go back and look it up, though. Okay, just like it's maybe it's, it's in Jesus Play Soccer. When Jesus <laughs> play. <laughs> but but that's it. but to speak to that 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 is a a long kind of um, tradition that we see. It, John will tell you that it's really tough to work on his Lisa for him. Um, it's it it was hard for Jesus. It's it, it that that is a real thing that we can see evidence of way 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 back. Well, when I come out to my mom, Lisa, <laughs> make sure to share the story about uh, Jesus you know going what? home and not performing a miracle uh, I, and say, "There I, you go." I will hold your hand, girlfriend. <laughs> so go on. You got more? Where do we? Leave how about this? how about with friends? Can you do it with friends? Uh, inadvertently, I do it for friends all the time. I mean, you <laughs> you want to hear another funny story? Oh, sure. So um, a, a girlfriend of mine was going through... Well, she had just lost her mother, and um, she, her significant other, they heal differently. They grieve differently. And uh, he wanted her to, uh, to go to a football game. Uh, this was maybe a week or two after her mom had passed. She didn't want to go. And so she was talking to me about it, and I said... Um, Let's just let's just put it out in the universe for a restorative and restful Sunday, whatever that looks like. Either you go and you have a great time, or the universe puts you in a different direction and you don't have to go, but he's not upset at you. Um, and she's like, 
what are you talking about? That's weird. And I said, just just let's put it out in the universe. Um, and then the next day, because this was a Saturday, and she called me on Sunday, and she said, I don't know what the hell you did, but uh, I won't, we won't say his name, right, to protect no. the innocent. Uh, but uh, she said, he woke up and he broke his tooth this morning, brushing his teeth. <laughs> Pro- probably just a coincidence. Just a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> just a coincidence. Let's talk about this before we get close to closing. Yeah. What happens if you misuse it? Oh. Can you misuse it? Oh, yes, you can. Give me a for instance. Um, I'll give you a for instance. Uh, there was a... This is not a dating podcast, but we were talking about my dating life, sure. you know, and how I'm using it to weed out the weirdos and all that stuff. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I was I was dating this guy, and um, I knew I knew for a fact it was a fact. But it wasn't a fact, right? Because I don't have the facts. I don't have evidence. Sure. Um, but I knew that I, I knew that I knew he was not being honest. And so I uh, I, I said to him, uh, "Who is insert name here?" I don't know who that is. And I said, you know who it is. Just. How did you know this? Was somebody telling you this? Was something telling you this? A voice was telling me this. Any idea who the voice was? I know it's somebody on my spirit team. Like I, my default is my grandma and I work a lot through her. Okay. Um, but all of that to say. You know, I think a lot of people need a spirit team. Uh, well, Doesn't that you sound know, awesome? It does. Rah, rah, rah. Rah, rah. Yeah, yeah. Your spirit squad. You could call them whatever spirit you want to call squad them. Squad goals. Yeah. <laughs> All of that to say, um, uh, he got really angry, really, really angry. And um, he ended up breaking up with me right then and there. That bastard. Yeah. Um, so when you use it in ways and with people when they're not ready to but hear that's, it. But that's not a negative example, though. That was protection, right? But there, Yeah, sure, it's protection. There is something to say, not just what you have, what I have as well. And, and I would venture to say anybody that has a, I'm using air quotes, a gift, uh, if you misuse it, just like if you squander it, it's not going to work out the way you want it to, Right. And, and we've kind of steadily been consistent with this message as we started this podcast. If you have a gift that, that is in the healing arts and it gets misused, you're going to know it right away because it's going to make you sick in some way or another. And, and if, if you're trying to get it for personal gain or if you're doing it for the money or if you're doing it because you think it's going to give you an edge somewhere... It's been my experience that it's going to come back and bite you in the ass somehow, some way. And proportionately, too. It could be really bad, depending on how selfish and self-centered the decision is to misuse I it. I was going to say, I'd venture to say even like disproportionately, almost like the universe does a really good job of reminding you that I've given you this don't, for a specific purpose. Don't mess this up. Don't don't misuse it. And we're going to make mistakes. Right. You know, we're going to make mistakes and we're going to learn. And I think there's some uh, absolution for such things. But when I know, and I go back to to getting sober and, and learning how to behave in a polite society and, and with learning to quote unquote hear the messages that I thought God was telling me, 
what became very clear after a while was, first of all, I would end up getting a choice where prior to when I was drinking and I was single-minded and super selfish that uh, I didn't have a choice in that. When I got choices back, there was John's way and there was God's way. And and sometimes John's way looked really freaking good because, you know, I mean, I, I had great ideas for how this was going to And I may have had the best of intentions, but when I followed John's way, I always got what John wanted. When I did it God's way or the spiritual way that I didn't understand, unimaginable, unbelievable consequences and circumstances ended up way better than what I could have manufactured myself. And I found that to be the truth in, in gift giving and, and using the abilities that have been given to me with the knowledge that, I've, that I have attained. And I think that the same works for you, yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. So what's next for you? What do you want to do? <laughs> what do you want to be, Michelle, when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, Are you going to quit your job? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's become very apparent in this retreat, on this retreat, and, and even before. Um, no, you, you've heard me say it took me 10 years before I got out of jail. It's not going to happen overnight, right? It's not going to happen overnight. No. And you're not. still learning to trust yourself with this, correct? I, right. I'm still very much, a, I, I consider myself very much a rookie in this, but I, I have to say, you know, shameless plug for John on John's podcast. Like mm-hmm. John and Lisa and, and Sister Joni, I, I wouldn't even have stepped into the gift that I have this much if I didn't have really good people on my path wanting me to supporting you yeah a support system yeah and tribe we talked about tribe the other day um you also have a secondary gift that's a love right this one that was given to you that we've been talking about with the voices and whatnot it's a calling almost but you have another gift that you really really love and if you had a super secret dream in your heart it would be to be what well, it would be to open up my bakery, Sugar Mamas, where we, we, I, create delicious sugary treats for people to eat. Do you love baking? I love baking. Are you good at it? Uh, yeah. Could you see yourself quitting your job right now this minute and opening a bakery? Bakery? Absolutely, yes. Yet, here we are. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but it's possible, right? Yeah, and I... That's probably the point of this podcast, right? Is in the hesitant in the hesitation to be a healer, there's hesitation to own all High of your gifts. High five, girlfriend. That was a nice, nice plug for the hesitant healer. Uh, but I also found that when you start doing things like this, where you're going to venture out of polite society and, and the matrix, and you're going to go do something that's in the healing arts that's giving to other people, your creativity opens up and there's other things you can do to... A, supplement income, B, fill your your spiritual and your creative soul, and a lot of us are super talented in other areas of our life. And, and once we kind of get out of the blasé day-to-day of the doldrummy work that we do, we find that things like baking, or in my case, art, um, kind of creep up higher on the importance list and it it fills our souls with joy. Yes. Yeah? My baking's gotten exponentially better. As you've practiced. As, well, as I've owned these other gifts, right? It's 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 not crazy, but it's 
it's beautiful. It is. Uh, the The jump is the big jump for that is that that I experienced with my art, uh, and you will experience with your baking is it's so much easier to do it and give it away for free and not charge for it, right? Because when you start charging for it, it becomes a business. And now we've kind of taken that fun away. But um, there's ways to do it. It just takes time, right? You. But uh, it'd be fair to say that you'd rather give your baking away right now than charge people for it and turn it into a thing. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Right. Uh, I think what it, it it feels dirty, right? At first, like if I'm taking money for something that I do that I love, it it feels like it, it feels wrong, right? It feels like I, I I a I don't deserve it, and and b um it it feels like God, you've monetized something that not necessarily you weren't even looking to monetize. Right. And yes. the deserve it part is super important because we don't feel like we deserve it, right? And you have to get to the deserve it part. Um, my oldest daughter uh, had a friend that was making cookies, the design cookies where you paint on them and they're just, they look like cartoon characters and or, or elves or whatever. And uh, she started doing it with her and she was pretty good at it. And she started making these cookies a little batch at a time, a little batch at a time. And then I saw what she did. I'm like, oh my God, you need to start selling these. And it took a bit, but she's turned it into a little, uh, uh, quite a uh, an opportunistic uh, enterprise. And it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, at some point you have to make a decision. Do you keep it small and just stay where you're at? Or do you turn this into a business? But it's only because she ventured out and tried it and started doing it and got feedback from other people who were like, oh, my God, you're so good that uh, that she learned how to do it. It's a great example of, you know, the American entrepreneurial spirit, but with a gift. She's artistic. You got something to say? No? You're just breathing down my throat? Oh, uh, any, anything else? I think else? it's your neck. What's that? I That's think your it's neck. your neck. It's my neck? Yeah. The hairs on the back of my neck are standing up? I would love to thank you, Michelle Pena, for coming in. How do we get a hold of you? You have people call my shop? Yes, you can get a hold of me. Okay, through. so what what you'd be looking for, you're going to call uh, Pacific Restorative Therapy. I'm in Redlands, California. PacificRestorativeTherapy.com if you want to look on the internet. Uh, we are at nine, what? I would say the very best way to get a hold of us is to call 909 909- Five five seven four four one five, and say, "Hey, I'm really interested in talking to Michelle, and I will be the one probably answering the phone, and I can I can make that happen for you." Okay, that's probably better than yeah, what Lisa I had to say. Lisa makes the magic happen. Le- yeah, Lisa, totally. <laughs> Lisa makes the magic happen. <laughs> all right, kids, that's all I got for tonight. Uh, from beautiful Idlewild, California, where we're doing the first annual Healers Retreat. Say goodnight, Michelle. Bye. Say bye-bye, Lisa Kay. Bye, everybody. Have a wonderful evening. And I'm the hesitant healer. Enjoy the rest of your night. Be good humans. See ya. Bye.